It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Monday, October 1st, the first day of October, just after the LA Galaxy's 3-0 win, another 3-0 win for the LA Galaxy over the Vancouver Whitecaps on Saturday. Uh, We're, of course, going to go over that game, give you all the uh, big things, big takeaways that we have from that, and get you ready as you start getting ready for Sporting Kansas City coming up on Saturday. So a week of Sporting Kansas City, a very uh, difficult game to be playing in Sporting Kansas City, and certainly a lot of focus for the Galaxy is going to go on that game. We're also going to talk about playoffs and situations and tiebreakers and all sorts of fun stuff uh, that we can possibly find to confuse you um, and also to get you ready for the playoffs so you can understand what the Galaxy have to do in order to even make the playoffs. Now, Joining me today is not Mr. Kevin Baxter. The panda is off cruising. That's right, a cruising panda. He's off in the Pacific Northwest cruising away with Mrs. Panda. So uh, we brought in the next best thing, the man who who says he wants to get on Twitter now. Uh, it's probably a bad idea, but he, nonetheless, he's, he's almost forcing the issue now. It's Larry Morgan not on Twitter, thinking about being on Twitter. Larry Morgan is here in the studio with me to uh, talk about this game and get you ready for a little bit of uh, Sporting Kansas City. Larry, thanks for uh, coming back. We always appreciate you. My pleasure, and thanks for putting me on the spot about Twitter. Yeah. I have not fully decided yet whether I want to or not, but enough people are going, Larry, you got to get on Twitter. Come on, i got to get on Twitter. I don't know. I'm, we'll, I'm, we'll see. I am weakening. I will give you that. I am weakening. I am fully against you getting on Twitter. I would like to point out right now that... Because <laughs> I lose my hashtag? For, yes, mostly. Because the hashtag Larry Morgan not on Twitter is important for yeah. me. Um, and then it's Larry Morgan on Twitter does not have the same ring to it. And I don't I don't think it's marketable, quite honestly. I'm going to mark... I wanted t-shirts. Just don't have a t-shirt, Larry am, Morgan not on Twitter. I wanted Please. a t-shirt. Please. I wanted to do it. So anyway, Larry's here. Uh, Larry's been doing an amazing job uh, for Corner of the Galaxy. We have uh, a ton of articles up on the site. Uh, mostly due to uh, to Larry, and I fill in there every once in a while as myself, but uh, a great article on Roman Alessandrini after the Vancouver game and on Jonathan Dos Santos. A lot of people, t- of course, talking, Larry, about the positivity. They said, oh, my God, a positive article about a Dos Santos brother. And I said... Listen, we wanted to write, and I, I told this story straight out, we wanted to write a positive story about Giovanni Dos Santos whenever, I think, whenever he played against Orlando. Um, I think it was that game. It might have been that game since the last time he's played. I can't even remember when it last was. But we wanted to, and then he didn't want to talk to us, and so we had to scrap the story. He continues to give his best Marcel Marceau impersonation. Just He just you know, remained silent. I was going to say a moment ago, you were saying all this fun stuff about the playoff possibilities and stuff. Josh, it is not fun stuff trying to figure it out. <laughs> it is not fun trying to figure it out. How many tiebreakers are there? You said nine? There are, no, there are technically there nine tiebreakers. There's got to be 15 or 16. If, if they have as many player drafts <laughs> as we know there are, there got to be that, you know, there got to be more than nine tiebreakers. It very well could be. Um, but no, nine is it. because has got to be a secret one. Because at somewhere. the end, they throw their hands up and flip a coin or draw lots. That's yeah, nine. Just, All just right, put, Just put the teams in a hat. That's all right. the names out of the hat. Well, and the Galaxy, as we're going to get into, have a possibility of being tied at the end of the season with a couple different teams. And so we're going to try to break down a little bit of that, understanding that there are so many permu- permuta- permutations. Permutations. There he goes. I got it eventually. Very good. Very Arizona good. State Education. Those, those big words like Wendy uses, yes. I know. Everybody drink. Um, whenever, <laughs> there's, so, there's so many different uh, outcomes that could possibly happen here. We're going to just go over some of them and see how we do. But let's start at 
the very beginning. Uh, the LA Galaxy three nothing winners over Vancouver Whitecaps. It could have easily been five or six nothing. It was, and but I will say this: that Vancouver put up a more difficult fight than Seattle. They did. did. They did. No question. Especially there was one period we we were. Talking about, I uh, can't remember exactly what part of the game, but Vancouver was really pressing the action. The end of the first half, yeah. the last 15, yeah. 20 minutes of the yeah. first half, the Galaxy were up one nothing after a uh, yeah. penalty kick that Zlatan Ibrahimovic had the pass to Roman Alessandrini. Yeah. I should point out that uh, this is a completely useless stat, but I I enjoyed this stat more than but anything. Josh loves them. He loves them. The useless stats are great. Uh, the second game in a row, Zlatan, a Zlatan Ibrahimovic pass has led to a penalty kick. Uh, Ola Kamara against Seattle, and then Roman Alessandrini in this one. I was just going to say about Vancouver, as we saw, Davies and Kamara are yeah. quite an effective duo. They were dangerous, really dangerous. We, we should point the, out Kai Kamara, by the way, yeah. Kai, not Ola not, Kamara. Not Ola. Yeah, we have, I keep getting him confused for some reason, <laughs> Kai Kamara. Yes. Just Kamara, Mr. Yeah. Kamara. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, they uh, were very dangerous. They, they were very good. Um, they had a lot of speed. Zlatan Ibrahimovic remarked after the game, which I thought was very interesting. Zlatan said, uh, whenever, they, whenever I think Scott French or somebody else asked uh, if it was a physical game, and Zlatan said, oh, God, yes, it was. He goes, this is the most physical game. They had more size on Vancouver than any other team he's played. He goes, it, quite honestly, it reminded me, this game reminded me the most of the EPL, which I thought was interesting wow. for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Say, and a compliment to Vancouver, by the way, yeah, for that. I really... I really didn't get the impression it was that physical all the time. But Zlatan, sa- Zlatan but he said, said so well. Of course, he's six five, what two eighty, and so you know the, the smaller guy is going to try to you know give him the business. So yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good game. Listen, yeah. it was a very good game by the Galaxy. It I was. think that they played well from from. Back I think to they front. played better the game before, though. Do you think the they played better three, against Seattle? I think a little bit better against Seattle. I think. I think they controlled the action a little bit more in that game. Maybe not maybe not by much, but I think they played a little stronger that game than they did against Vancouver. And very well. I mean, you know, yeah. all possibilities but certainly could have happened. Either way, either way. They, the bottom line is they have two three nothing wins. They're in much better shape than they were a month ago. Yeah. Much better oh, shit. Oh, much better. No, um, we should we should go right away because I'm sure everybody's waiting with bated breath. In fact, somebody made a comment. I posted uh, the standings on Instagram, and people were saying, but what's the percentage of the playoff chances, Josh? I can't wait. It was KJ. <laughs> KJ is one of our, our great listeners. She's awesome. Uh, KJ wrote, she goes, I can't wait for the podcast tonight. I don't want to wait. Tell me what the playoff chances are. So, uh, How do they figure this stuff out? I, it's, it's, How do they do it? Math. And I, it's not math that math I can do. Math is not one of my strengths. Yeah, this this is one of those charts I don't I don't do. There's nothing there. Um, this is 538.com, a great site, um, goes in, and we've been tracking the LA Galaxy's playoff chances as it's been going. After the win, I think it jumped up to around 21% before right, the game. Yeah. Uh, it's now at 30%, the LA Galaxy's playoff chances. Now, I'll say this, I think they took That's most... That's a big jump. That's th- a big jump. I think they took most of that from Vancouver, whenever you look at the percentages and how they sort of slid around, because Vancouver's now at 4% after losing to the Galaxy. Basically, what they did with Vancouver and why it was such an important game to win was they distanced themselves. Vancouver has a game in hand. So Vancouver has played one less game than the Galaxy. And that means that Vancouver, if they could have won, if they would have tied or actually, I think, let's see, I think they were uh, two points ahead. Um, So the Galaxy going three points up, it ends up being a, a spread of about four um, four points. So now that it's four points, even if Vancouver wins a game, they can't catch up to the Galaxy um, in that one game in hand. So if the Galaxy do everything that they need to do, let's just say they won out, uh, and Vancouver won out, Vancouver can't catch the Galaxy now because the Galaxy distanced that's themselves good. by that's four good. points. And I was that's just going to say, all these numbers, Josh, are starting to drive me a little bit dizzy. This is, this is going to be one of the most difficult podcasts that I do because there's so many 
numbers and trying to explain points and the separations and how that changes from game to game, it's gonna. I'm gonna get lost in the weeds. Plus, I I'm, didn't bring a slide rule, so don't make it too complicated. <laughs> now you're dating yourself. You, I know. Maybe a graphing True. calculator. Even if you said a graphing calculator right now, True. people would be like, "Wow, that's old." True. Um, <laughs> so and I am old. So uh, we're gonna go, but I'm gonna attempt to explain the MLS playoffs as well. Oh I know most people know that. Oh boy. So we have a bunch. There's gonna be some times where we're gonna get lost and we're gonna get in the weeds a little bit. You're gonna get lost. I'm, no, <laughs> I know where I'm going, but but I have a feeling I'll lead somebody in the wrong direction. Okay. Um, but no, that's sort of what we want to take a lot. Yeah. But again, no changes in this lineup, which we didn't expect. This was the what Dominic Kinnear needed to do, interim uh, general manager, interim head coach uh, Dominic Kinnear. Uh, he gets the exact same lineup, makes zero changes, even with Shelvick coming back, quote-unquote, healthy. Um, and he did end, end up coming into the game, I think, late in the, late in the yes. game. But and, and it's... You know, when, when when we asked Dominic earlier in the week about what kind of lineup he's going to be out, and he said he said he, he wasn't sure at that point. I've been around enough coaches and enough teams to know if you read between the lines, he's not going to make any changes. He just doesn't want to make them public at that point. And regarding Shelvick, it's difficult to keep a million-dollar player on the bench. But as we've said repeatedly, Josh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, no, that's, that's it's super important. And Steris and Romney have been excellent in these last two games. Well, and the Galaxy entered this game with four players on a yellow card caution list. Uh, Rolf Felcher did end up, was one of those players, and did end up getting a yellow card. He will be suspended for the Sporting Kansas City team. So there will be a change in the lineup to next week. And I don't know what... You think Romney will go to right back and put Shelvick in the middle? With Steris, with Steris, I there's some of that, but I mean, you really mess up that central that's pairing, true. which you don't want to do. You especially put Williams against, out at right back. That, see, that's an option, but he really hasn't played no. any extended minutes, so you don't know what you're getting no. out there. You don't go. Please don't go back to a three man line. Please you sh- don't. Go you should. Back to that. I don't think Dom's going to do that. I think he's going to keep it because he wants to keep everything else the same. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I think if you're looking at this, you look at him making one move, so that way he keeps everything else the same. And if it's one move, then Williams is probably the answer there, yeah. right back. And yeah. you just have to you have, have Shelvick on. The bench. You, have to hold your you have Shelvick on the bench, and if you need to, you pull Romney out to the right, and you move Shelvick in, and then you sure. have you can you can do that yeah. during the game. But um, yeah, for for just looking at that. But uh, Ola Kamara, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. By the way, uh, Dominic Kinnear considers this kind of a four-five-one formation. Uh, there are people who look at it and say it's a four-three-three formation, and uh, of course, if you look at the way they're lined up, it's also a four-four-two formation. So it's all of those things at different times. And how we about a four-six? Anything like a four-six? I haven't seen it yet, but okay. I'm sure I'm sure. The Galaxy gets so much pressure going forward on the top line right now. There is so much interchange, and that was something I highlighted in the first half. Uh, certainly was true, I think, again in the second half of the Galaxy whenever they got dangerous again. But the interchange was Zlatan Ibrahimovic dropping underneath on occasion to get a ball. Ola Kamara stretching the line. Im- Ima Boateng stretching the line. Roman Alessandrini cutting inside and stretching the line. There are so many attacking players that are dangerous here, Larry, that the Galaxy are very difficult to cover offensively. And what I like, too, is that since they did go back to this 442, 433, whatever it is, there aren't as many empty spaces. Yes. That as there were as recently as three, four games ago. Yeah, and and, big, and a lot of that is because of Sebastian Lejet and Jonathan Dos Santos. I was going to say it's that pairing right there, and yeah. I think that's the highlight of this game and and the highlight pairing that you really want to look at in terms of what has happened. We talked about Daniel Stares and Dave Romney in the Seattle game. Well, in this game, it was Jonathan Dos Santos, especially and Sebastian Lejet, yeah. and that pairing together and. 
they were deadly in the center of the field. They were, they um, were. You know, Dominic Kinnear had nothing but nice things to say about Jonathan Del Santos, saying uh, basically that uh, he doesn't waste possessions, and if he loses the ball, he's one of the guys who works the hardest to get back. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody reached out to Twitter uh, on Twitter and said, you know, the big difference here is just the fact that uh, Sebastian Legette is paired with Jonathan Del Santos, and they make a good partnership. And I disagree with that up to a certain point, and I'll tell you why because. Uh, it wasn't about babysitting Perry Kitchen, as somebody had said. Uh, it's not about babysitting Perry Kitchen there. It was that Jonathan Dos Santos suffered from a little bit of effort uh, on on occasion and would let people Good run, put it. run right put it. by him yeah. down the center of the field. That's yeah. not happening right now. In no, fact, it's not. you can't run by Jonathan Dos Santos no, right can't. now. You can't. I mean, this is as... This is as well as we've seen him play since he's been here. I mean, I don't think there's any question about a that. A DP-worthy performance in the yes. last two, three games. We Even won't talk about his DP brother, but no. we'll talk about this DP. And, and that's that's the important point here is that Jonathan Dos Santos making, you know, I think almost $2 million a year yeah. has been is worth that money if he plays like this. The Galaxy need that. He's linking the defense. He's linking the offense. He's stopping people from coming through the middle. Uh, he's really playing a box-to-box role. He's not a yes. defensive side, but he is playing underneath Legette. Legette will get forward a little more, and Jonathan will stay back a little. It, it seems like it's perfect sort of pairing, and we talked to Sebastian Legette after the game. Uh, Legette was talking about, hey, we always knew we had this chemistry in practice. He goes, but just because of the formations, the coaching, and everything else, it's just we've never been able to put it together. So if you want to highlight something, highlight Dominic Kinnear's ability to go, and you have to, I think you have to credit Dom on this one. You ha- credit his ability to put those two players together because if you would have told me that that would have solved problems in the midfield of the Galaxy, I would have told you you were crazy because Jonathan Dos Santos switches off defensively. That's what I would have said. And you need a destroyer, somebody like Perry Kitchen to go in there and bruise people whenever they come through the center so that way they don't want to do it. No, you don't. You need Jonathan Dos Santos and Sebastian Legette together. And if they can stay together and they keep them together next year, I'm, I, I mean, listen, I know we're not done with the season yet, but next year, that partnership and what it does, and if it can continue to grow and those guys stay healthy, that is one of the best midfields in Major League Soccer. No doubt about that. You know, and when we look at this team, you know, Josh, it wasn't too long ago this team was in a seven-game winless streak. They were 0-4-3, and, and they looked dead in the water. Yeah. They looked out of it. They looked lost. Playoffs were just a pipe dream. And was it the, was it the naming of Dominic Kinnear to, to replace Siggy? Was it a change in formation? I think, I think both those things certainly have a role in it. But the transformation in this team has been nothing short of remarkable. These these last, especially the last two games, even against Toronto, they they play better. Yeah, I was going to say, but, but just was... the transformation is just. I mean, as as we watch this team, and we have these last two games, you just sit there going, "Where has this team been all season long?" Not only that, but you go into the locker room and there's music playing. Yeah, that's that's the giveaway when there's loud music playing, and believe me. Boys and girls, it's ear it's ear piercing loud music playing in this locker room after the game. That's a giveaway that something something right is going on. Here. I, th- I think we had EDM uh, whenever we walked in there, and it was it was pumping. I was, I mean, I was it's not my it. kind of music. I like classic rock, but still, it's great to hear. Well, you were talking about just even going to training, Larry, and saying that there's a difference in attitude to training. Yeah, I mean, there's players. I mean, I don't mean to exaggerate or say a cliche, but players have a bounce in their step. I mean, there are a lot more smiles. The the dour looks on their faces are gone. Players aren't turning down interview requests, which they had been. Fairly, not fairly occasionally, but occasionally, just, just, and Dom said the the overall demeanor has has changed. It's just the atmosphere is just so much more positive, and it's just it's startling how quickly it happened. And Zlatan, 
when he said teams wouldn't want to play us or wouldn't want to face us in the playoffs, he's right. If they keep playing like this, no. they'll be very, very tough. Yeah, I mean, even even as we'll talk about going to a play-in game, which is likely scenario where they would have to go on the road, I I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't bet against the Galaxy if, yeah, if, they, I wouldn't if they did. Um, but I mean, you go through and, and again going back to this game, there was just. There were a lot of really good individual performances. Um, you know, people I think were a little bit on Emmanuel Boateng, who had a bunch of chances and didn't finish any of he them. He can't finish. If he, uh, uh, Schmidt said if he could finish, he'd be playing in Europe. He just can't finish. He I'm can't sorry. finish. I will tell. I will say this though, and everybody should sort of you know uh, pump the brakes on on getting too tough on him. The reason the Galaxy got so many chances is because of Ima Boateng as well. <laughs> so he's right. creating the chances that he's missing. But if he doesn't create them, then they don't have those chances. His speed. Um, which is something that you know we talked about earlier in the season about bringing him in and, and making him that relief valve for the Galaxy, and he can be, and he gets back on defense. I mean, he's not a great defender, but he's going to get in the way, and he's going to start slow things down, and the Galaxy have done a really good job of breaking down those fast breaks when they come against them because there's still some turnovers, there's still some things that are happening, but the way that they're moving now and the way they're anticipating where the ball's going to be and getting players back to slow those attacks, it probably happened three or four times against Vancouver where they were able to slow a counterattack that was coming in. They were able to stop or, or you know, at least... Um, you know, force the ball in a different direction uh, just by getting back and covering those things. So I think, you know, Ima Boateng, while he's not the perfect, he's this year's Christian Wilhelmsen. All right, Wilhelmsen always looked dangerous, looked like he was going to score. You had to pay attention to him, but he never did. But that meant that there were other people open whenever whenever he would do that stuff. So uh, that's that's Ima for me. The one thing I've always liked about Boateng, as I've said it before, is that I've I've covered a lot of athletes in my years as a, as a journalist, um, He's one of the few, very few athletes I've seen who can make who can make running fast look so easy. But can't he finish? No. Can't he put the ball in the net? He had at least two or three great chances the other night and just yeah, just misplayed it. That's a that's a very easy way to put it, but just misplayed it. Just and we we just sat there to just kind of. Nope. There, Shaking our heads. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, that would that yeah. would go another one. Well, I yeah. always thought it was interesting just uh, what Vancouver was trying to do with Breck Shea and uh, Alfonso Davies trying to switch sides um, yeah. to get away from Boateng and his speed and to attack more Roman Alessandrini and attack Felcher more and stuff like that. So, I mean, Vancouver did a lot of things to try to confuse the Galaxy, and the Galaxy stymied them. I mean, really, Vancouver, I think Bingham had to make a couple saves, maybe two or three saves. It was nothing that really troubled him all that much. There was maybe one There was or one two. he, like, tipped over the bar there was it was a long distance yeah, shot that yeah, type of thing I mean yeah. and they missed some shots but I mean Seattle missed more wide open shots than I think Vancouver did but Vancouver played in the box more than Seattle did yeah. so again trying to compare those last they had two, more shots on target yeah. uh, six goals in the last two games uh, for the LA Galaxy two, easily could have been more easily could have, could have been more two back-to-back shutouts now we saw that it was going to be a, back, a back-to-back back shutout. clean sheets for the first time since late May did, we both were like, oh, we need to go back into 2016 to be able to find that, right? No, so, it was 2018. No, 2018, that's right. Uh, Which I was very surprised to find out. We both were. Yeah, May 21st, May 25th uh, against Montreal, and, Montreal San and San Jose. one nothing scores on each of those. Uh, another thing that and sort two of... two powerhouses, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> San Jose in the running for the worst team in Major League Soccer this year. Where's that, where's that wooden spoon? It's it's up there. You just have to look. I'm pointing to it in the studio. For, you okay. Know, good good radio. That's what we're trying to do you here. Cracked wooden spoon. There yeah, it is. There it is. Um, I've kind of hidden it with other stuff. I've gotten I've gotten just it's just a big wooden block up there anymore. Uh, the goal projections now though. I will say this now. Oh at, boy. Now at one point when and I'm, I just do straight averages in order to do this stuff. There's nothing yeah. fancy about it. Okay. But at one point the LA Galaxy were going to concede more goals than they did last year. 
They, they considered what, 67, 67 goals, year? right? And my projection showed him at like 68 or 60, uh, 66.9. So basically 67 goals. I can tell you that right now, after 31 games and the two consecutive shutouts, which certainly does help the uh, averages, uh, they're now projected to give up 64.7 goals. So 65. So about 65, okay. That's an improvement. It is. Right. It I'm, is. I'm, here's, here's the other thing. Uh, the LA Galaxy currently on pace right now to score 65.8 goals, so 66 goals. And if we look at the goals scored and what this LA Galaxy, we've talked about this LA Galaxy offense. I've told you that this is one of the highest scoring LA Galaxy offenses in the history of the LA Galaxy. They now own third place of all time against LA Galaxy, all the other LA Galaxy teams. They have 60 goals right now through 31 games. 2014 had 69 goals. Uh, through the 34 games. And I think even in 1998, I think they played 34 games as well. They had 85 goals. That was the Octavio Zambrano yeah, coach, it, coach team. Just it, they, they, they just they ran did, it up on everybody. All they did was score goals, 85. But they couldn't defend. <laughs> Sounds like this team. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, at least up until two games ago. That's right. Um, so the 60 goals right now uh, puts them in third place overall in terms of the most prolific scoring offenses in L.A. Galaxy history. All right. And we still have a couple of games left, too. There are three games left, yeah. so so there's still some chance to even pad those numbers as well. I'll say on the goals front, the LA Galaxy currently have conceded 59 goals. Uh, they gave up 67 last year, and in 2008, they gave up 62. So if they can hold, I think uh, their goal should be to try not to not to let 2008 creep up there and keep it under 62, which means they would only allow three goals or less in the last three games, which would be something that's crazy. I'll tell you what else is crazy, Larry. For most of the season, I've been seeing a negative goal differential. Uh, for a little while, it popped into positive territory, and everybody's like, oh, look, it's getting better. Uh, and then it got a lot worse again. It was at minus 5, and then it During got... During that 0-4-3 streak, I think. Yeah. It got it, really bad. It, it got bad, minus 7, that type of thing. And we, the Galaxy in positive territory again, plus 1 right nice. now. Nice. Nice. So, plus one. That's that's important as we will talk about tiebreakers. Gold differential is oh a, an early tiebreaker. In fact, it's the second tiebreaker. So there's it goes wins and then gold differential. So gold differential could be very, very, very important. So it's one of those things to to watch as we continue to go down. It's amazing what they came up with. Oh, the league, uh, the league founders or whatever they come up with to just you know, figure out tiebreakers. It's just amazing. It really is. It's, it's, but I guess you have to, I guess you have to. Yeah. You have, you have to have some way of, of yeah. figuring this all out, but you know, just like I said, drop the team names in a hat and just pull them out. You that, know? that seems unfair for guys who like, I know, that's true. the whole idea. I mean, that's at one true. time, time it was road goals. Do you remember when the first time, <laughs> oh, I think yeah. the first tiebreaker was road goals. Sure, and and how road like, goals counted more than home goals. Yeah, and, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know, it's like yeah. that type of thing. So anyway, so that's how it is. Um, another guy is we're speaking out goals and, and people scoring Zlatan Ibrahimovic scores number 19 and number 20 on the season. Um, this is important. The reason it's important is because he is now tied for third in the all time LA galaxy goal scores, single season record. Uh, the, uh, the 20 goals ties him with Robbie Keane's 2015 season where he scored 20 goals and Landon Donovan's 2008 season where Landon scored 20 goals. Uh, with and we should point out uh, as we look at goals and looking back that Zlatan actually passed on a penalty kick to uh, to Roman Alessandrini. It could have been twenty one. He could have been in third place all by himself. That was nice to see. That really was very unselfish of him. Very it, unselfish. It Surprisingly was. unselfish. Yeah, what, we should talk a little more. But let yeah. me get through this. Sure, uh, sure, through the goal sure. stuff. Um, I shouldn't say he would be in third place. He would be tied for second with uh, Eduardo Hurtado, who had 21 goals in 1996. And the all-time, the fish himself, Carlos Ruiz, uh, 2002 scored 24 goals in his uh, 26 games played that he had. Now, I went and threw up a chart on uh, on on 
on, on he doesn't Twitter. sleep. He doesn't leave until he comes up with all these graphs. He does not sleep. Like I wanted to understand what you know goals per game sort of look like for each one because there's different seasons, different lengths, sure. all that's different things. But uh, if you look at games played, Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, got to 20 goals on 24 games played. That was Robbie Keane had 20 goals on 24 games played. Um, those were the fewest and the most games played by anybody was 26. Uh, Ruiz and Hurtado both had 26. If you look at minutes, uh, right around 2300, 2300 for. Ruiz and Hurtado to get their 21 and 24 goals. Uh, Zlatan at 1,873 minutes right now. Robbie Keane, through his 24 goals in 2015, took over 2,000 minutes. So Zlatan wow. doing it in less minutes. That's some serious production. Uh, 0.83 goals per game for Zlatan. Only uh, Robbie Keane had 0.83, and then Carlos Ruiz had 0.92. Um, but there's still games to be played. If Zlatan scores another two goals, and then he could break this record. Uh, so Zlatan Ibrahimovic close to setting a new LA Galaxy single-season scoring record. If he continues on the pace that he has been, scores two goals, he could have another six goals. He could be 26 goals. I mean, do, you, do you think he'll do it? Depends on whether he plays yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> which we'll get to in a bit, which we'll get to in a bit. But, you know, I, we, we, we were talking before the podcast about Ruiz and Zlatan. You never saw Ruiz play, but I've always said that Carlos Ruiz in his prime, even that, that rookie year where he scored, you know, the – the most goals in franchise history. He was as lethal a scorer as I've ever seen. And, 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 if, and if I had to choose between having him or Zlatan on the field, I don't know who i take. I mean, Ruiz was just deadly. I mean, deadly. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen obviously, replays and stuff like that, but I yeah. didn't get to witness it in person. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Uh, I talked to Alexi Lawless about Carlos Ruiz once, and uh, he said in the 2002 season specifically, he goes, you know, it was great because when we had Fish on the field, we knew we were going to at least get one goal from him. Like, it was just a given. He was that good. He, he was, was that deadly. He was that good. He goes, so it was like you started the game winning one nothing already, right? And so <laughs> it was, it, it was that was sort of the feeling that that team had. Um, so, I mean, Carlos Ruiz, obviously uh, an LA Galaxy legend. Uh, Eduardo Hurtado with 21 goals on there. I, it's just I never one, saw him play. I, I didn't see him play uh, that way back in the day in 1996 first yeah. season. So um, you had all that. Uh, Ibrahimovic now with 20 goals, tying Keane and Donovan. That's that's significant. Somebody on Facebook uh, asked the question, is, is Zlatan an, L- an LA Galaxy legend already? And I said, the guy has just tied for third time, third all time for single season goal scoring. And the, some of the goals he scored have been absolutely ridiculous. It's and just imagine being an opposing defender, ha- having watched Zlatan all season long, an opposing defender and trying to stop him from posting up on you. Good he luck. is such a force. He is so strong. He has, I've said it before, he has underrated feet. He has very quick feet, very deceptive feet, and he's faster than what he looks. But the way he, the way he posts up, he uses his body and his weight is just, oh. He is a force. Well, well, I think it was uh, Ali Ghazal tried to post him up, and that ended up giving away a penalty kick for uh, for Zlatan in there that he gave to Ramon Alessandrini, which was an interesting thing. We both saw it happen. Yeah, I was surprised. Frankly, I was surprised that he did because you know, it would have been a hat trick, but I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised. So so let's talk a little bit about the sequence of events as told by uh, by Ramon Alessandrini and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and they line up. So I think we can at least say that it's probably pretty close to accurate what happened. Maybe the wording wasn't exactly the same, but Ramon came up to us, uh, Larry, and said that uh, he went over to Zlatan and said, hey, can I have this one? And Zlatan said, no, I want to score a hat trick, right? And, and, and Roman says, please, 
please, please let me have this one. And, he go, and, and Zlatan said, okay, you take it. And Zlatan's whole thinking behind that was, if he's confident to come to me and ask for the ball, then I want him to put that, of course I want him to be confident. And Zlatan made a point of saying, I didn't come here to be a one-man show. He goes, if this whole team is confident, if Roman is playing more confident because he scores that penalty kick, then that makes the whole team better, then that's what I want, and that's, that's what nice we to need. See. That was ni- nice to hear. I, I wasn't there when he said that. I was up in the press box kind of transcribing, but that was nice to hear when I, when I read the uh, the quotes. It was. Nice and, to see. And, and Zlatan basically said that those were the story, the the, the same events and, and how that went down. So, I mean, you look at that and you say that. I'll, I said this on Twitter, and I'll say it again now. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic may not be wearing the armband. Uh, Ashley Cole is, but he became a captain with that True. move right there. And whether he was already a captain, which I certainly think he was, he's a guy who's out there trying to push and prod and and complain um, and do everything that he can to get the most out of this team. And he, I think he's seeing some of the fruits of his labor right now. You know, and we we've watched Zlatan these last two two three games, the last two three weeks, and Josh, his body language is so much better than what it had been. He's not complaining as much. He's not throwing up his arms as much. And was it the uh, removal of Schmidt in favor of Dominic? Uh, I think that had, I think that was partly to do with it. But he just he he just looks happier. He does. And is it just, is it just because the Galaxy is winning? That's probably a large a large part. But but his body language is just so much better than than what it had been. No, it is. It it absolutely is. And uh, you know, I, I think. Winning solves a lot of problems, Larry. Yes, it does, I mean, and it hides a lot of problems too. So I don't feel, but I, I will but say this. But I don't this. think there are a lot of problems right now. The way things are going, the way they're looking, there aren't, and yeah. that's sort of the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, there's other structural issues within the organization itself that you still. Yeah. I mean, interim which head is coach, worthy of, an, of another podcast. Yeah, I was going to say one we've done many <laughs> times. I think yes. so far this year, um, you know, doing the whole thing. But it's just, it, it's it, it's interesting because I, I think Zlatan is is happy with the way they were. I mean, he he came out after Toronto and was saying, we should be happy with how we played. He goes, there should be compliments. You know, that's basically what he said. He said, we should we played okay. We, mm-hmm. we got a little undisciplined and we got punished. Okay, I get it. But they learned something. And then they went to Seattle and they stayed disciplined. You're seeing a disciplined team play right now. I know there are fans who are frustrated. I see it on the Facebook page. There. They're saying it took them until the very end of the year to finally figure it out. And... Yes, but I, at least they did try to figure it out. At least they did. At I, least for the time being. People are saying, "Oh, well, it was clearly tactical." Then I go, "I don't know that it was tactical." I mean, this is it was. They're trying to play defense. This is defense stuff. This is. It looks like it's personnel more than anything right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree, and, and that goes back to Dos Santos and Legette in the middle of the midfield. It goes back to, to Romney and Steris in the middle of, the, of that back line, and, and leaving Michael Ciani and Jurgen Shelvik on the bench. And let's face it, they've been. Inconsistent at best is that is that a kind kind way to put it? Yeah. Inconsistent. Yeah, that was the nicest way you can say. Yeah, it. and like like we said earlier, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't fix it. Don't fiddle with it. You're, they're going to have to again. They're going to there's going to be a tweak coming this next yeah. this next one, and and that's just sort of the way it goes. And that's going to be a big tweak too. The LA Galaxy, if you compare through 31 games in 2017 to 31 games in 2018, are now 16 points better, Larry. Uh, 44 is, points right now through that's 31 a lot games. Of points. That's a lot of points. They were really bad last year. 28 yes, points in uh, yes, 31 games were. last year. Um, so and they were a minus 21 goal differential at this point last year. Yes. Wow. Yes. What a difference. Uh, it's uh, it's starting there. LA Galaxy sitting in seventh. Now they didn't move up. They didn't go anywhere. 
Um, this is probably but they closed the gap. But they they closed the gap. They they opened the gap of, against Vancouver and they closed the gap a little bit on RSL. Now RSL went on Sunday to play at Sporting Kansas City, a game everybody expected them to lose. Um, and they went out there and they scored the first goal. And quite honestly, they took Sporting Kansas City to the edge and to the brink. And SKC certainly squandered some chances. Um, and the Galaxy really could have used that one point is a big deal. Uh, it basically means that the Galaxy cannot. They can't lose against Sporting Kansas City. If they lose, I think it's over. Um, and that, granted, not mathematically, you look at things that can happen, but if you look at schedules and everything else, they, they can't lose in Sporting Kansas City coming up this weekend, which makes it a, a very important game. But that one point that they got, instead of it being three points or instead of zero points, it forces a lot of other things. The Galaxy might have been able to get away with a loss in Sporting Kansas City if RSL had lost. It just doesn't put them in a great position. Um, but now that everything has sort of gone that way, this game coming up is, is super important. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. But um, again, uh, seventh place in the Western Conference for the LA Galaxy. Um, they are now uh, 12th place overall in the Supporter Shield standings. So uh, I think that's out of the question. I, I don't think they're going to win it. Let's, I was going to see if it was mathematically eliminated already. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that that's, pretty sure. that's the case. Um, so, so you look at those and, and sort of where everybody stands now in the Western Conference, and it's an extremely, extremely tight group, Larry. Uh, that we which, definitely, which makes things fun for us journalists. It does. It does. We'll get, we'll get to some more of that. But again, Dominic Kinnear doing all these things. We've talked about him and maybe tweaking some things. And I got text messages after Siggy Schmidt was, uh, was let go, was fired, um, that the Galaxy would have no problems playing with Dominic Kinnear because everybody liked Dom. Players and, like him. And he is a player's coach. He is. He's a player's coach, and they said, don't worry about the Galaxy in terms of playing for the coach. They'll play for Dom. So now you look at it. Now, I've said before, and I, I'm going to stand by this, the LA Galaxy are not considering Dominic Kinnear as a replacement for the permanent job. All right, It doesn't seem like that's in the cards at all. Um, and so somebody asked me the question, what like happens if they win out and make a deep run in the playoffs? What do you do? What do you do? You have a guy. You have guys now who are playing for Dominic Kinnear better than they have played for anybody else. Now, granted, it could just be. You certainly have to consider him if that happens. You certainly have to. What I mean, I gotta. Let's do you go. think he's interested in the position? Yes, and I think it was. Uh, think I think Scott French asked him a question: "Is do you want the permanent job, or, or you know, do you want to be considered?" And he said that he wouldn't answer that question that because it, yeah. because right. he has two things, and this is why he didn't answer it, and how you can read between the lines on that. Number one is that he's replacing Siggy Schmidt, and he told Siggy he would only take the job uh, if he asked Siggy first. Siggy had to give him permission to take over as as the interim head coach because that was the deal they made whenever he came because he didn't want Siggy thinking that he was coming to take his job uh, and he didn't want Siggy thinking that he was coming to take you know other jobs in Major League Soccer. He came to be an assistant coach for the LA Galaxy and he made that very clear to everybody. And what's funny about this about Dominic joining the Galaxy staff last year, he said on, on, on record... He hated the Galaxy right. when he was a head coach in this league. And it's just, what a turnabout. Uh, just, but he hated he hated this team. He did. He, of course he did. He flat out hated this team, and now he's the head coach of this team. Of, of course he did. Um, Talk about swallowing your pride, huh? Just, wow. Eh, it's a job, right? Yeah, it is a job. It comes down to it's it. You job. understand it. Um, it's but a pretty no, good job, nobody's too. nobody's going to work harder than Dominic Kinnear. I mean, he's a he's a great guy. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Uh, his only flaw is that he thinks Scott French is amazing. Uh, Scott French, his favorite sports writer, he calls him Frenchy and just we it, just it's cringe too much. when it happens. It's too much. We can't handle it. I know. Um, so anyway, so <laughs> so Scott Scott's a good sport. He is. Um, he is. So no, I mean, when you look at that, and the other thing is that Dominic Kinnear, I'm sure, would love to be considered for that 
job, but his job right now is the interim job, and he can't go begging the LA Galaxy to give him the job. If he's going to get it, he has to earn it. I, I thought but if that, he does earn it, what oh happens? Boy. What happens? <laughs> I, I mean, if you want to go way off the reservation, he wins MLS Cup. The Galaxy make oh. it to the playoffs, and they win MLS Cup, and then if you're the LA Galaxy, what do you do at the you end of the season? You have to bring him back. You have to. If he will, wins MLS Cup, you have to. I will tell you right now, I think that's so unlikely. Not <laughs> not just, um, not even the MLS Cup part. Let's say they win the MLS Cup. I would still find it almost impossible for them to continue with Dominic Kinnear. It doesn't fit the plan, quote-unquote, the plan that they have been laying out now. Um, and that's that's an interesting plan just on itself. Just still hearing Caleb Porter's name is being reverberated. It's bouncing off the halls of StubHub Center um, in terms of their focus. Now, I don't know if they'll end up there, but I certainly think that he is maybe in pole position in terms of what the Galaxy think they want. Um, I've also been hearing that you know they're going after a European coach of some sort, whether that's EPL, whether that's Bundesliga, whether that's assistant coach or anything else. I have no idea. But that would that would be... And, and, um, just in, in sort of going down the line, it would be reminiscent of bringing in another European coach after a struggling season and then watching it fall completely flat on its face with some influence from a big-name player. So um, um, I think if they do go European, Ali Curtis, uh, who was general manager in New York Red Bulls, we talked about him earlier on this podcast uh, a couple episodes ago, just saying maybe what a good hire he would be as a general manager. If you're going to bring in anybody from outside of the league, Larry, in my mind, you have to bring in somebody... Uh, you have to bring in a general manager who understands the league to guide this European, English, whoever it's going to be. The rostering cap restrictions, most definitely. I mean, that led to the downfall of the one and only Rude Hulu when he was coach of the Galaxy. He wanted to bring in all these players from overseas, and you can't do it on, under the guidelines of MLS. You cannot do it. And he found out the hard way, and the Galaxy found out the hard way. Yeah. Oh, and look what happened. <laughs> they were terrible. I mean, Landon Donovan said that arguably was the worst team in Galaxy history in 2008. Yeah, we, you have to go back. I would say the weakness of the league in 2008 certainly shows that the 2008 Galaxy were probably the worst LA Galaxy team, although points-wise or game, or points per game-wise, the 2017 LA Galaxy. Last year, well, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was pretty damn close. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you look at all that. Again, I, I want to go back, and I, I missed one thing. Roman Alessandrini now has 10 goals on the season. I wanted to point that out. He's in double digits. Ola Kamara is in double digits. Zlatan is at 20. There's a lot of guys working hard on this team right now to put a whole bunch of goals, and it's one of the reasons they have the highest scoring offense uh, in Major League Soccer, or, or, or close to it. I'm actually, I think Atlanta leads right now, but the Galaxy may actually have been second after this three-goal victory, and I will, uh, I will check it. You right know, now. And, and you know, like we've been talking about the Galaxy players being much happier now. How about Roman Alessandrini? Is he much happier? Holy smokes! Uh, last year he had what 13 goals, 12 assists. He has 10 goals now. The, his overall demeanor is so much better than what it was three, four games ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's ridiculous. LA Galaxy uh, now second in Major League Soccer, just five goals behind Atlanta United in terms of goals for. Uh, Atlanta United has 65. The LA Galaxy have 60. LAFC have 58. New York Red Bulls, 57. Sporting Kansas City, 55. New York City, 55. Uh, Toronto, 54. DC United, 53. There's a lot of Who mediocre teams. Who has the fewest goals? Who has the fewest, fewest goals? goals if you had to guess, who who would you think it is? It's a very bad team. How about that? San Jose? No. Uh, San Jose, surprisingly, is somewhere in the middle of the pack. Um, Colorado Rapids, 32 goals. Um, 32 goals? Yeah, That's San, all? San Jose has 47. 
47. That's that's wow. respectable. Um, I haven't checked this a good team. Wow. A good team that uh, that you'd be surprised is second from the bottom. Columbus Crew, 39 goals. Wow. Uh, and remember, everybody talking about Jossie's artists and you know and and how he going to uh, after he got there and just scoring a zillion goals for Columbus. Um, I haven't heard a whole bunch from him lately. No. Uh, so yeah, so he's he's definitely cooled off a little bit. No, it, it, and it's interesting. That's how that's how which is goes. to be expected. Yeah, I mean he was. Really pouring it on there for for a while. And um, the galaxy was looking bad for a while too, as he was scoring all these goals. And now, just yeah, as you said, I have I haven't heard his name I'm, you know, I'm, mentioned that much. You, you, perhaps they can't spell it. I don't know, but I haven't heard his. We name we figured out much. how to spell it. Yeah. If I could figure it out, uh, he has 16 goals this year. He is respectable. 30 games played, 30 games started. That's a that's a 2600 minutes. That's he's been playing really well. I mean, the Galaxy would have loved to get 16 goals out of him. Um, so you know he's still doing great. But I'll tell you this: they're bringing Ola Kamara in, and Ola Kamara and the work rate that he does around Zlatan Ibrahimovic is unbelievable. Hardest working player on the on the team, without question. From de- from day one, hardest working team, and he's had to adapt to this different position. And he never complains. Never he never complains. He's he's been unbelievable. He's one of the ultimate team guys. If Ultimate there's if there's players. like a team award, like the guy I, I MVP award. Well, well, outside of Zlatan, yeah, yeah that's I the mean, whole problem. Not team Zlatan, yeah, but uh, it goes Zlatan, and then in my mind, it might be Jonathan Dos Santos, just in the way that he's played these last the last half of the season, and when he when he's on, Larry, he is easily the second best player on the team, and he's been on. He's, he's been, been on lately. Oh, man, I will tell you. He makes me excited to watch the Galaxy play. And I was telling you before, whenever we were getting ready for the game, I said, let's see if Jonathan Dos Santos can do what he did against Seattle, which is get the ball, turn into spaces, and and Seattle gave him a lot of room. Vancouver gave him no room, and he did it to them anyway. Right. And so that just shows to me his progression and his, and his comfort level in this formation, his comfort level with Sebastian Legette. They just understand each and other. And he's apparently healthy because he had the hamstring problem. He looks like he's healthy and just he's happy and just... That, that's a good thing to point out. He came out of the game early. We thought maybe it might, cramp, could have yeah. been an injury. I, I thought so. Larry, of course, said, it's a cramp. Don't worry about it. Uh, the LA Galaxy confirmed it was a cramp. Dominic Kinnear said he was fine, and Jonathan basically said that he was fine after the game How as well. How often have I told you not to doubt my observations? Larry is frighteningly right <laughs> on a regular basis. It's actually kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> because I'm always like, I don't know, Larry, and then I'll go check it. Oh, yeah, no, you're right again. It's, it's just like in the opening game of 2017 season when Dan Kennedy attempted that goal kick and got hurt. He said, uh-oh, he just hurt his groin. And was I right? Yes, I was right. Good and job. everybody else is doubting me. Is nope, that's a groin injury. Larry Morgan, expert on groin injuries. I should I should <laughs> understand that. That's fine. Uh, let's expert get, in injuries. No, I don't know. I'm, I think groins in particular. That seems okay. to be your, oh, no, your no, focus. No. Okay, hold on. Uh, the playoffs. Uh, the playoffs for MLS. Let's let's get a little bit. Everybody into the settle playoff. down. Just kind of you know get something to drink because this is going to take a while. Playoff format. Everybody know, basically understands it. I think they understand it, but you need to understand it a little better just so that way we'll talk about the Galaxy and likely scenarios coming up and how tiebreakers work, but just if they do get to the playoffs, how is it all set up and how does it work? Uh, top six teams in each conference go on to the MLS Cup playoffs. Uh, the first round is a play-in game. That is where number three hosts number six. The Those Galaxy. Those are the danger games. Yeah. Those are, players hate them. Because they, they're one. They, it's one game. That's right. It's, it's one and done. They hate them. So Understandably. Here, so here's what you have to understand. The Galaxy, if they do make it in the playoffs, likely to be a six seed. Uh, in fact, I don't see them bumping up above a six seed. So I think it's going to be a six seed. It's going to be their best chance at finishing. If they do make the playoffs, it'll be number three hosts number six. Right now, that would be LAFC hosting the LA Galaxy um, in a one-game playing <laughs> game. Can you imagine what it'd be like in that stadium? 
Oh, well, I, I, oh. I, it would be interesting. Oh, yeah, it would be unbelievable. So, so that would be played at Bank of California Stadium. That would be a way for the Galaxy, but what on the way trip to? Hopefully to go, a day game. Uh, Hopefully a day game. Who know, it might? No, usually they play those like in the middle of the week, don't they? I don't know. So that's true. Because yes, they play a lot true. of these yes, playoff yes. games midweek. Like and then, on a Wednesday yeah. or Thursday, yeah. Yeah, so you never know. It could be a Thursday night game or something like that. Yeah. It, it'd still be packed. It'd still be, uh, still be a and great game. And the traffic game. will still be ridiculous going down there. That's how that's how it works, always. Then we'll carpool. It'll be a good time. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, hey, so, that, so... That carpool lane is great. It we, is great. We got there fast last time. Uh, three hosts, six, uh, and then four hosts, five. As that goes right now, that would be the Portland Timbers versus the Seattle Sounders. Another Good great play in game. Match. I don't think that's going to end up that way, by the way. I think Seattle's going to jump up. Seattle has a game in hand uh, over the Galaxy and over Portland and over Real Salt Lake. Um, and so they and they have a pretty easy schedule going down. I'll talk about that, so they'll jump up. Anyway, so that's it. you got a play-in game. It's score, whatever the ending score is, you go. Now, the highest-seeded team then plays the lowest-seeded team. So one and two in this scenario get a bye th- through the play-in. Then you go to the conference semifinals, which is a two-game aggregate series. Away goals count as um, the tiebreaker. Like one and a half. Or, they, yeah. they call them tiebreakers because they don't matter unless the t- score is tied. And then you can count them, okay? don't People say they count as double and stuff like They don't count as double. They're just a tiebreaker and that's how you can go. Um, in you know, it, For example, if you have had um, the number three seed advances past the six seed and you had the number five seed advance past the four seed, then it would be one versus five and two versus three. All right. And you would go through and play an aggregate series home and home. Um, so there's two games in that. And then you do the same thing in the conference final. Again, um, they just sort of match up with each other as they go um, into these next ones. So that's basically it for the playoffs. And it goes all the way to the MLS Cup final, which of course is hosted by the team who had the best regular season record. Um, and then that's it. Hopefully it won't be in a blizzard. You never know. You it never could know. Be. You never know. Could be in Toronto. You know. Could be in Toronto. It could be like that uh, U.S. men's national team in that game in Colorado, Colorado. against what Costa Rica yep. and yep that played was played in the snow. The snowpocalypse. Yep. Um, so so yeah, it was uh, it was good. So that's where we have now. Having said that, there's a good possibility that we could have some tiebreakers. And tiebreakers, of course, are the interesting part of MLS soccer. You go through this entire season, and then you have multiple teams sitting on the same score. And I have a scenario right now that would put a three-way tie between the LA Galaxy, Real Salt Lake, and the Portland Timbers. Um, And so the way that they settle that is they go in order, and you just go until somebody advances on these. The first one is the total number of wins. So you just look at the wins column. If you have more wins, you're on the same number of points, but you have more wins, you're going to advance past somebody else. Uh, Simple. if, if most of the time, by the way, that wins thing doesn't work all that well. Most of the time, they, they have the same number of wins. Whenever you have the same number of points, it's just one of those weird things. Does, not always, but you need three draws in order to equal one win, and so it usually doesn't doesn't work that way. Um, so total number of wins. Then you go to goal differential, which we talked about. The LA Galaxy at plus two right now. Uh, Real Salt Lake zero on goal differential, which means uh, the LA Galaxy are plus one. I should say uh, plus one. Uh, Real Salt Lake is at zero. The Portland Timbers are at plus one. Scoring goals is important to the so LA Real Galaxy. Salt Lake is out, and the Galaxy and Portland would, go down to the next tiebreaker. Would go down to like the next tiebreaker. So the next tiebreaker would be goals four the LA Galaxy would win that one. So if you get to the third one, the Galaxy pretty much win against anybody because they have the second highest scoring offense in Major League Soccer. I wonder if there's ever been a team trying to figure out these playoff teams that's ever had to go all the way down to number eight or number nine well, to, I don't fig- know. to fig- figure it out. I think last year it went to four because I think we went into disciplinary points, which is my most hated reason uh, for a tiebreaker. Fewest disciplinary points. If you weren't aware, Major League Soccer is tracking every single game 
Larry. Every single game that is played, Major League Soccer tracks, and they keep track of disciplinary points during that. Uh, just so you know, every foul that you commit is one point. Every yellow card you get is three points. A second yellow card is seven points. Uh, a straight red card is seven points. A coach dismissal is seven points. And any supplemental discipline, which means that after the fact, an additional game is added to a suspension, is eight points. If that's the case, then the Galaxy are well up that list. Yeah. By the way, I looked. I looked to see if there was an updated uh, chart of this, and no, it doesn't. I don't think they publish them until after the season, because I could find 2017, 2016, 2015. Mm. The Galaxy were. Uh, middle of the pack last year in terms of uh, discipline. had points. a lot of fouls, a lot of yellows. They just had four players on, were on watch last game. Uh, they have garnered uh, their good share of points in that regard. Which, by the way, the Yellow Galaxy will carry three players into yellow card watch for the next game, which should be Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Jorgen Shelvik, and Michael Siani. So those three players should continue to have to be on watch. We'll see if anybody else pops up on that list, and we'll have that uh, complete list on Thursday. So still worries there, um, especially for Zlatan Ibrahimovic, because if he gets another yellow card, then you're looking at him missing the next game. Next game would be against Minnesota after the Sporting Kansas City game, which might be perfect for him. Who knows? It's a great way for him not to play on turf. If he's sneaky and we think he is, maybe he'll do. <laughs> maybe he'll yell at the referee yeah. while going off the field, yeah. right? Give me yellow. I want to miss that next match. Give me yellow. Yeah. Um, so it very well could be there. Uh, there is some good behavior stuff in here. I don't know where any of those players fall on good behavior. I think Shelvick and Siani already had good behavior taken away. If you go a certain number of games, I believe it's three games, and it used to be three games in a row. Um, now it doesn't matter if at any point you go three games or four games without getting a yellow card. They take a yellow card that you've had away. It's too difficult for me to track, and I like to track lots of things. But How about if you give the, the uh, rep like a, like a bouquet of roses before the game that, or something that could, like that. Maybe you get one taken away that way. I don't could know. Be, yeah, could it could be. be. Um, so that's so something. no more three games in a row, huh? Wow, no. that's interesting. It used to have to be you got four. First of all, you'd have to get four. And then before you get five, you had to have three good games in a row, and then okay. that would relieve one. It would take you back down to three, but you could only do that once, and so it only worked once. I think Shelvick, now it's like maybe it's five games total that you need without a yellow card that then removes one yellow card at some point during that stretch. It's way, again, for MLS rules and somebody who loves them, I pay no attention to that, and I try not to. <laughs> uh, so anyway, disciplinary points is four. Away goals is five. Um, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> five is not oh away boy. goals. Here we go. Five is away goals differential. So your positive or negative goal differential on away goals only. And then six is away goals four, which if you remember was one of the top uh, tiebreakers a few years back. Well, I think it was the second one. It was total wins, and then it was uh, away goals four. So how many goals did you score on the road? Uh, then it's seven is home goal differential. Eight is home goal four. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay, you start going through that. And then nine, because they needed a way to finally settle this after going through eight. And I don't know if we've ever gotten to it, but uh, I would love to see it. Uh, if it's between two teams, you would then flip a coin. If it's between three or more teams, you would draw lots. And that's how you would end up in the postseason, uh, by drawing a stick from, from a, a, somebody's hand or something God like bless that. the MLS. God uh, bless them. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Now, let's go over the, who the LA Galaxy are competing with, and this is important, and this will sort of lead us to our very brief talk about Sporting Kansas City. Uh, full Sporting Kansas City breakdown happens on Thursday, but we want to just get you ready for so you understand the importance of this game, and plus, you are now fans of other teams as you are watching these last games. There are four game weeks remaining. 
All right, and that doesn't mean that there are four total weeks remaining, although it looks like there's four total weeks remaining um, in this particular one. Now, different teams play at different times. Some teams play all four weeks. LAFC will play all four of these next games. Uh, Portland, uh, Real Salt Lake, and the LA Galaxy only play three out of those four weeks. Uh, Seattle is the other team that plays all four. So remember we talked about games in hand and where that goes. That's where those games in hand are going to be made up. Uh, So as you look at it, LAFC currently at 50 points. Now there is a scenario in which LAFC misses the playoffs. Uh, somebody had me do that. They lose their next four games, uh, and they're most likely will miss the playoffs. It's it's actually not that difficult to do. However, they're at Colorado, which should be a guaranteed three points. They're versus Houston, which I would imagine they would be able to beat Houston. Uh, they're versus Vancouver, which maybe they don't beat Vancouver, but they probably get a draw against them. And they're at Sporting Kansas City to end it, which could have huge playoff ramifications and seeding options uh, if you look at that. So that SKC game, I have them getting zero points. If you look at it, I have LAFC, and this is Josh's likely scenario. This is only mine. Josh's crystal ball. Yeah. So I have LAFC finishing with 57 points. Um, They are currently in third place in the Western Conference. If you look at fourth place in the Western Conference right now, it's Portland. Portland has 48 points, but Portland and RSL are playing back-to-back games against each other to close out this season. Love the schedule. Love love how it works out like that. They actually have a break. Portland actually has a break in between them, but they will play them back-to-back, so they will play this first game week. So coming up this weekend, you have Portland traveling to RSL. So RSL hosting Portland. Uh, in a game that has huge ramifications. And so that is a game you're going to watch. You do not need to root for anybody in this game. In fact, I would almost argue that you don't care who wins this game. It almost doesn't matter. It's better if Portland wins the game because they have more points, but it's not the end-all, be-all in terms of the LA Galaxy getting in. Um, if, sport, if, if RSL wins the game... Uh, that's fine. It's it doesn't it doesn't hurt the galaxy. It doesn't help, but it doesn't hurt. But if they win the game, that means Portland didn't get three points. So the bottom line, I, I know we talked about this before. If the galaxy wins out, will they make the playoffs? More than likely, yes. Than likely. I can't okay. see a scenario, and the reason is that there are other games that take place that teams are going to lose points, especially this Portland game. You can't, even if Portland and RSL draw their two remaining games, and really that's the focus here, it's those two games are the biggest games that you're going to want to watch as a Galaxy fan. Uh, Whoever wins the first game, you kind of want them to win the second game as well. Um, If they draw... Then, then you have to. Then we'll have to reassess things. A draw is not great for the galaxy. In fact, uh, two draws in those games, which you say, "Oh, Josh, but that's okay." It actually doesn't help that well because of the the other games that you look at. So Portland goes at RSL. I have them losing that game because I think RSL is really good at home, um, and RSL looked like they played Sporting Kansas City really tough over the weekend. Um, so you look at that. Then they have a break. Then they go. To, then they host RSL, which I have Portland winning that game. Splitting the wins is the worst possible thing for the LA Galaxy. If they split the wins right now, I have the LA Galaxy missing the playoffs almost regardless of what they do. Granted, they win at Sporting Kansas City, which I don't have the Galaxy doing. Um, they could they could change that if the Galaxy win out. This is why I'm saying that if the Galaxy win out. They could they could very well jump into the playoffs. It's it's the most likely scenario. So you're right. If they win, I can't see a scenario right now, and there's too many different iterations that I can't too go many through. permutations. That that iterations permutations yeah, not both yeah, work. Yeah, um, that there's, works. There's too many different ones in there that I can't compute all the different options. That's not in my wheelhouse, but, but I can get close. The, you know, it's so much fun trying to figure out the possibilities. I remember I, I remember when I, when I was. Uh, Cover the, the National Football League. I always try to figure out the playoff poss- possibilities, and you drive yourself crazy. But it's fun at the same time trying to figure out this will happen if this happens. What if this happens? What if that happens? And it's the same thing with MLS. I mean, it's it's this is what makes sports so much fun to cover 
for us as journalists. It, it does. And and remember, top six get in. Uh, I'm giving you basically— because, because, because you not only hate to cover meaningless games, the players hate to play meaningless uh, it, games. And there are games in here that mean something in every single game. The Galaxy, the rest of the games— matter. Uh, losing in Sporting Kansas City might make it not matter. And so that's why Sporting Kansas City is such an important game coming up. But I, you know, in Josh's likelihood, I call it the likely scenario, uh, LAFC finishes with 57 points. Seattle finishes with 57 points. And Portland and Real Salt Lake finish with 52 points. Uh, if I give the Galaxy a win at Sporting Kansas City, I give them a win at Minnesota, which is going to be a really difficult game for them really to get a win, by the way. But, really difficult. But I'll, I'll lean in their direction because they have Zlatan and he'll play on the turf and he'll somehow figure it out and everything will be fine and nothing will nothing will, will happen to them. Um, if you do that, and then a win versus Houston at home, that gets them at 51 points. So a draw in Sporting Kansas City is is a problem. If you can give them two more points at 53, remember, I had Portland and RSL at 52. If they get a win at Sporting Kansas City, that gives them 53 points. 53 points is enough to get them in the playoffs, Larry. So if they win out, I have to imagine that there's no permutation. I can come in here because Portland and RSL play each other. Um, and take points from each other as they do it, regardless. If they draw, they take two points from each other. Wouldn't that be something if those two games, both, as you just pointed out a moment ago, if both those games ended up as ties? So wouldn't it, that be something? That's, know, it's almost a disaster. It almost is. Do you know why? If you, if that happens, which I then ran a scenario of which if RSL and Portland draw each other for both of those games, uh, again, 57 for LAFC, 57 for Seattle, 51 for Portland, 51 for RSL, 51 for the LA Galaxy. Oh boy. A three-way tie. <laughs> Two teams get in. And you go then to the playoffs. You go uh, to wins. You go uh, to goal uh, differential. The, listen, the goal the goal differential is a huge thing. The Galaxy need to keep scoring goals and they need to keep even if they draw, they need to score. Emma start finishing. I mean, Emma. Yeah, I I mean, really the goal differential and the improvement there will lead to wins because you can't have a positive increase in that without winning games. It's just, it's not possible. And, and you do that. And if you lose a game, you need to make sure that the goal differential is as tiny as possible by one or, you know, you can't lose it by zero. So that doesn't work. Um, but you know, all those things. So it, it's super, but again, the Portland RSL game. So it goes, Portland plays in, if you consider their four weeks, Portland plays week one, week three, and week four. So they have a break. The LA Galaxy play week one, week three, and week four. All right? That's during an international break by the time. By the way, Seattle has a ridiculously congested schedule with the last four games playing one, two, three, and four weeks. So they do all that. RSL does not play the last weekend, Larry. Oh, They'll be sweating bullets. So, they will be sweating bullets watching what watching what tra transpires around the league. Oh my goodness, I would hate to be in that position. RSL, where it's it, out of your hands. RSL hosts Portland in Week One. RSL uh, hosts New England in Week Two, and they go to Portland in Week Three to close out their season. Uh, LAFC plays at SKC that last week. Portland plays at Vancouver. Seattle plays versus San Jose, and the LA Galaxy host Houston. If the LA Galaxy are border, they will know what that number is. If they get the win against Sporting Kansas City, or if they get the draw at Sporting Kansas City, if they get it at Minnesota, they will know whether or not they have a chance to play for the playoffs, and RSL can't do anything about it. They will be sitting there on their hands, and that makes for... And again, everybody plays at the exact same time the last two weeks. It's They split it the last two weeks where there's a group that plays early and a group that plays late, um, and then the last week is I think everybody kicks off at the exact same time, so that way it all happens, you have it, but yeah. because there are an odd number of teams, RSL is out, so they don't play. 
So RSL, wow. it's just, it's the most intriguing. This this Western Conference is so tight, Larry. It's exciting. It really is. It's it's great. It's great for for us covering the games. It I'm, is. It's fun to go watch these, and it's fun to scoreboard watch on the weekend. So you will be scoreboard and Dominic watching. Dominic does scoreboard watch. Everybody he's, does. He's they were talking about. such. He, he scoreboard watches. Ramon Alessandrini was talking about uh, scoreboard watching, and uh, they said, so you'll be a fan of uh, Sporting Kansas City? And this was right after the game on Saturday, knowing that Sporting Kansas City and RSL were playing the next day. And he goes, yes, we'll be a fan tomorrow, but not next week but not next week <laughs> not next week that's right whenever he goes against them so it's fun he uh, makes for strange bedfellows at this time of the year you'll be rooting for teams you never thought you'd root for uh, if you want to see the LA Galaxy getting to the playoffs uh, let's see I'm trying to think if there's anything else we, we talked real quickly Ashley Cole was, was a little more um, not definitive, but added a little more to his possible departure from the LA Galaxy, which I think is a likely departure, and he sort of made that clear. Larry, you had a great exclusive interview for Corner of the Galaxy, and everybody got that. We talked about it a, a bunch in, on the podcast, um, where he said that basically the ball was in the Galaxy's court. He misses England. There's no doubt about that. He said there's going to be a time when I want to go back. But at the same time, reading between the lines, I've done enough interviews, or I've learned to do that over the years. If the Galaxy asks him to be back, he will be back. Right. He likes living in Southern California. He, he, he likes the team now that Dominic Kinnear has replaced Schmidt. I don't think he was a Siggy Schmidt fan. I think a lot of players weren't. But he, he likes the area. He, says, he said his son and daughter have good lives here in the area. If the Galaxy want him back, I think he'll be back. Cool. And, but would he want to go back to England, where we've talked about it, where he's been shredded by the British press. Yeah, uh, he does miss the country, understandably so. He, he talks about coaching with Chelsea, right? I mean, that was or he, working, or with, working Chelsea with Chelsea in some, in some, some, capacity, some, some capacity, right? So, I mean, that's that seems like that's a likely. And I do think he's, you know, we have to talk. He he was in Rome. Um, he was not back in England, so yeah. he was there, and then he came to the United States, so he wasn't back in England. England is his home. That's it where. Uh, so it I is. can understand wanting to Born go home. In London, yeah. Uh, a little more definitive on Saturday night after it, or at least. Um, you know, sort of follows along, and he even mentioned you by name, Larry, in the post game. That was impressed. nice. That wasn't there. I was quite impressed. He said, uh, "He said, as I spoke to Larry earlier in the week, I won't do my bad English accent that I gave you earlier. Um, the, the, as I was speaking to Larry, he goes, and he has a thick Cockney accent. He, he, he does. Um, and so uh, he said basically that the same thing that the ball's really in the LA Galaxy's court. And so Scott French said, you know, would you like to come back? And Ashley Cole said, yes, you know, I would. He goes, do you expect to come back? He goes, no, I don't. And so I think that's sort of where it goes. So again. Now you have three games remaining with Ashley Cole, uh, Larry. As you and I were talking beforehand, one of at the to- at one point the greatest left back in no soccer. No question. No question. Um, and many coaches and many players have said that it's oh, not just us who are experts, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But many no. players and coaches around the world have said that. So, so you see that, and so there's possibly three games left. And he says that he has playing opportunities other places, maybe over in England where he could play at a championship or, or other yeah, places. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned it on your last podcast. I don't see him playing in an, in an, on an EPL side. I just don't think he has that much game left. Never know. Never know. True. He's a big enough name. Somebody True. might throw him on a roster and pay him some money. So. But again, that British press, oh boy. It, it might be tough for him. Oh but boy. anyway, so so him going back, but you have three goal, three games that are likely – uh, to really end Ashley Cole's competitive playing career unless he goes over and plays in championship or somewhere else. So uh, understand that. I know a bunch of you were at the season ticket member event over the weekend. I know a bunch of you said that you went up to Ashley Cole and asked him to stay. Uh, there was a chance of one more year. I did not go. Um, little family uh, uh, outing I had on Sunday, so I was doing that instead. But I, I paid. To, I actually called some some people who I know who went so I could get and understand what was going on. And there were some booze. There were some booze. Chris yeah. Klein uh, on the on Ooh. the end of some booze. Joe Tutino had to. To marshal the crowd a little bit on that. 
Um, Did they have to call in the police? No, no police. So so it was good. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos received just as loud a booze, apparently, as Chris Klein, uh, which you can understand. Um, both of those are understandable, by the way. I am not on the side of uh, of saying that that is absolutely acceptable or unacceptable. I think if you're a fan and you want your voice being heard, that that's certainly a, a place for you to do it. Uh, you I'm, pay, you you buy your tickets, you pay your money, you're entitled to do what you want, I, but don't go over the line. That's that's it. Don't go over Booing the line. Booing to me is is an acceptable way showing yeah. displeasure. I have no problems with that. Um, but once you start throwing stuff and you get nasty and just this, you don't need to just, call names. Yeah, you don't yeah, need to do any of that. Yeah. Just understand that's that totally hey, out of line. we're not happy with your performance. That's and that's always been the way. And I'm not one of these people who believes that you are a bad fan if you ever booed your team. You are showing displeasure. Larry is a fan of the Cleveland Browns. I imagine he boos the TV on most weekends. Yes, I do. Except lately. Uh, well, well, almost. Again, they've only won one game, and they, <laughs> they could have easily won in Oakland. The referees reversed a crucial call late in the game that kind of killed their chances. But yes, I have been known to voice my displeasure at the uh, at the performances of the Browns. So yes. there, there we go. It's understandable. So anyway, that's the whole thing. And I'm not the only one who has done that either. By the way, I would like to point out um, that everybody I talked to said the event was absolutely great. Uh, how, Alcorn, how, how big was the turnout? Any idea? I don't know, but I will tell you that there were a lot of people there. I would imagine Good. that it was on the 500 range, maybe even that's a nice. little bit higher that's than nice. that. Um, I didn't ask the Galaxy. I, I just got it from fans talking. Landon Donovan was there. Dan Gargan was there. Um, um, so Dominic Kinnear was featured in a bunch of photos. Um, and this was at StubHub? No, it was at uh, Alpine Village oh, for Oktoberfest oh, okay. October even. So Cosmo, were any of them wearing lederhosen? Cosmo was le- wearing his lederhosen, oh, of boy. course. Of course he was. I'm glad I missed it. Uh, the the uh, the Bayern uh, USA account, the Twitter account, was actually uh, uh, retweeting Cosmo pics, and Cosmo was uh, taking up uh, 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 a glass of beer for, uh, for I think, the, uh, Bayern, the, the Bayern... Uh, uh, mascot. So, um, nice. oh, it was great. So it was, it was the fun. That's Everybody good. said that they had a great time, uh, that it was a really well run event, um, to all the people I talked to and said that they really enjoyed, uh, getting a chance to take pl- pictures with the players, professional pictures were with the players, all those things. They put them in different groups. Zlatan was great. Gave a little speech. Ashley Cole, I think gave a little speech as well. So now did Giovanni post the pictures? Cause as, he we, did. Cause as we've known, he's been avoiding the champions lounge walkway lately. Not, not uh, w- mingling with fans, but he did post her pictures. He was there. Good. He was there in his, gr- in his group of people. Now I do know one fan who voiced his displeasure on Twitter said that he walked out whenever he found out that Giovanni Dos Santos was in his group. So I, again, a perfect way of protesting if that's how you choose to do it. I understand it. Um, so it's it's just another thing. Anyway, I, I think the Galilee Galaxy get praised for this event uh, on top of everything. I think they did a wonderful job. Everybody said that it was great. It's the second season ticket holder event that they've done this year. The first one was the jersey unveil or the team unveiling. They did at LA Live, Larry, which of course you and I covered at the very beginning of the season uh, before. It and even where started. Rob Stone mis- mispronounced Rob Fletcher's or Rolf Fletcher's last name. That's right. I remember that. Rob Stone. How dare you? <laughs> I I know. How dare you, Hambone? Rolf Fletcher. Right. It happens. Thanks, Rob. My, not, my computer tries to autocorrect it all the time. Uh, the I mean, L- that's one of the first things that you do is you go over the names and you ask how you pronounce this guy's name. Larry's an ex- expert on all this stuff. I am. Uh, LA Galaxy face off against Sporting Kansas City coming up on October 6th, 2018. This is a 7.30 Central Time kickoff, a 5.30 Pacific Time kickoff on a Saturday. Children's Mercy Park is, of course, the venue at Sporting Kansas City on Spectrum Sportsnet. Spectrum Deportes, Larry, we know. Josh, they haven't won there in ages. It, it's since 2007, Larry. Oh, five and five since then. Now, now, you and I thought it would be really fun to go back and actually see 
who the coaches were <laughs> at the time. And it is funny. So Sporting Kansas City was coached by none other than Kurt Anolfo in And they were known as the, as the Wizards. Uh, I can't have seen yeah, it at that time. Right. They, were, they were the Wizards. They were the, the Kansas City Wizards, right? And then it was uh, Rude Hullet who was the coach of the LA Galaxy in 2007. The last time the LA Galaxy won at Sporting Kansas City. This is a huge deal, Larry. Um, and I believe this is when they still played at that minor league baseball stadium yes. too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a small little tiny field. Yeah. It was a travesty. It was and everything. There, and if I remember correctly, they used to have this scoreboard with this with this giant hole, and David Beckham actually kicked a ball through that hole in training before the game, you're, or the day before the game. You're full of knowledge, aren't you? I know. Um, no, that was among last other time. things. 2007. So is that 11 years? Is it, yes. Or is it or is it more? Because that's 2007, 11 eight, years. nine, ten, oh, wait, 11, 12 years. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 12 years. Yeah. 12 seasons. Yeah. 05 and 5. Nine goals for 15 goals against. 10 times. Wow. Amazing. I mean, Josh, that's scary. That, that is really scary. That's a stat everybody needs to tell their, their significant I other. I thought the Minnesota game the following week was scary, and it is. But this one, oh, man, if they haven't won there since 2007, oh, my goodness. But I like this team's chances better than. Three, four games ago. Yeah. A lot, a lot more. A lot more. I will say this. I just received from Mr. Kevin Baxter a text message because when he's on the cruise with Mrs. Panda, of course, he calls me and texts me. Uh, uh, they are in port right now in Vancouver, uh, British nice. Columbia. Nice city. Nice city. Uh, he is practicing his mini golf right now. I just got a picture. Uh, it is Baxter practicing his mini golf. His form is as ugly as always. Uh, he's not wearing a goofy golfing outfit this time, so I imagine I that he might that. be better. I saw that. It took guts to wear that. I'm telling you. It took guts. By the way, I, have, I, I would like to point out that I have inspired several uh, listeners of the show to start pick up, pick up mini golf. In fact, there was one listener, I don't remember his name, him and his wife had, came and showed me their mini golf scorecard. Uh, because before the game on the way on Saturday, they made sure they stopped and played some mini golf on nice. the way up. So, and I and I've told Josh that he's planning on having another one if he does. If he and Kevin do have one, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Larry, I will be there. La there it is. So December, Larry. I think we're going in December. It'll be okay. cooler. Uh, the Galaxy will, of course, probably just won an MLS Cup. How hot was it that day at the last it one? Was, I guess it was it blistering, was, it right? It was like 80, 85. It was warm. It was, there was no shade on that course. Yeah. I've since gone back and found that course number one is more shady than course number four uh, at Camelot in uh, Camelot Golf Land in Anaheim. Now, shady, you mean more shade or shady, you mean sneaky? <laughs> yes, yes, both. More shade. Uh, okay. Trees, trees and the such. Okay. So anyway, I continue to practice. My wife and I went last weekend. Uh, we're both both getting better. So uh, that's, that's the important part that you nice. need to know. All right. That about does it, though. I, I think we're good. Uh, the LA Galaxy coming up against Sporting Kansas City, a big game. Tough game. We'll have a live Tough show. Uh, Eric, the Portuguese Hammer, will be in studio with me on Thursday night for our live show, 7 p.m. Do we give the Galaxy a win this weekend? I think I do. I think I do. Larry, I think... I see like a one nothing or 2-1 to one game. I think this weekend... You'll have to turn it on Thursday, tune in on Thursday show in order for me to give my answer. That's that's where I'm going. Okay. I, I've already hinted at probably what I think the most likely scenario is in those playoff schedules. I said it was a draw, but maybe I'll change my mind by the time we get to Thursday. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, is there anything else, Larry, that you no, want to know? Okay. I thanks just, for having me on, as always. Uh, we, we appreciate it, and, and uh, thanks for coming by. If you're looking for Mr. Uh, Larry Morgan, you can, of course, not find him on Twitter, uh, but you can use the hashtag Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, and send it according at uh, Galaxy Podcast. And we'll, of course, relay all those things. By the way, Larry's a lurker on Twitter, so he still sees things. 
He just doesn't tweet. That's how it works. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, or, of course, at Galaxy Podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Larry has a couple articles up there. I have a game recap, and, of course, our podcast and everything else will be there, and we'll get you ready for the game on Saturday against Sporting Kansas City with game previews, podcasts, and everything else you need to know. All right. For Mr. Larry Morgan, I'm Josh Guessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.